Welcome to the November 7, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com daily podcast where we cover the biggest stories of Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency every single day forever. This is your host, Space Marine. Jumping right into the market analysis. Well, Bitcoin's still like right at 6420. It's been around $6,400 for days now. So, yeah, it's stable, but the whole crypto market's been going up as a whole, and Bitcoin went up a little bit, and then went back down. It went up to like 6,500, now it's back towards 6,400. The overall crypto market cap's an impressive 215.6 billion. It's been rising overall. This show is being recorded on November 8th, actually, middle of the day here in the United States, and yeah, so there was probably a rally all the way through November 7th, but now as of November 8th, the price has gone down a bit across all the cryptos. That rally has broke, and I'd... I'm not sure exactly how high the market cap got, probably a few billion dollars higher than it is now. The biggest losers right now today are Ripple and Bitcoin Cash, and all the other cryptos have lost like a percent or two, all the major ones at least. And oh yeah, Tether, Tether's approaching parity again, it's been like getting towards parity, at parity, and then crashing below parity over and over. And the market cap for Tether is at 1.77 billion. That premium on Bitfinex continues. Maybe that premium is going to be there long term at this rate. It's like a 1% premium on Bitfinex versus Bitstamp and Coinbase. But Bitfinex is still the biggest USD to Bitcoin exchange in the world. Now for our first story. So the election has happened like yesterday. Well, November 6th at least. That was the election in the United States. The midterm elections where the House of Representatives and the United States Senate is elected as well as a bunch of governors and stuff. Well, we have this blockchain-based prediction market called Augur, A-U-G-U-R, and it's used for like betting on future events, like what's Bitcoin going to be in 2019, what's Ethereum going to be at in 2019, whatever. And most of the prediction markets are, in fact, for cryptocurrency prices in the future. But the election was a great example of how it could be used for like other things. So people did bet on who would win the election, the Democrats or the Republicans. And the most... So there was two um, different bets here. Which party will control the House after the election and which party will control the Senate? The Senate did not garner much attention. On Augur, there was just over $10,000 a bet since it appeared very likely the Republicans were going to win the Senate, and they did. So, I mean, that bet was accurate. They got that right. As a whole, Augur said, yes, the Republicans are going to win, and anyone that betted against that was pretty much guaranteeing themselves a loss. The House was a lot more contentious. And it wasn't particularly contentious, like, up right as the election started, but in the months before... Like, there was times where they thought the Republicans were going to win, times when they thought the Democrats were going to win, so people were betting money. And $1.366 million was bet on whether the House would be controlled by the Republicans or Democrats. In the end, right before Election Day, well, before any polls closed, Augur predicted a 74% chance the Democrats would take the House, and that was before any polls opened, even. So this was before the election happened, and Augur said 74% chance the Democrats would win the House in the United States Congress, and they were right. And then they said 90% chance the Republicans would take the Senate, and they were right. This has been confirmed by, like, all the major news outlets and such. And, yeah. So, Augur seems to be a good thing for elections, and they're already starting to bet on whether Donald Trump will be re-elected in 2020. My call is yes, I'm not supposed to speculate or make political opinions on this show, but obviously Donald Trump will win. That's just my opinion. And But they're, they're betting $5,000 on that already. So, on to the next story, also quite election-related. During the U.S. midterms elections, uh, some crypto-friendly governors got elected. So besides the House and the Senate, governors of states were being elected. And like each state's like a little country, that's kind of how it works. 
So the new governor of Colorado, Jared Polis, and the new governor of California, uh, Gavin Newsom, and Mark Gordon of Wyoming. And then there's also two incumbents that already were governors, but they got reelected. Gina Raimondo and Greg Abbott from Rhode Island and Texas, respectively. All like cryptocurrency. So now we got a bunch of cryptocurrency-friendly governors in the United States government, pretty much. Well, in their state governments. Like, there's a difference between federal and state governments. So, yeah, in those states, let's list them again. Colorado, California, both states that have legalized marijuana. Wyoming, pretty sure they legalized marijuana. And uh, Rhode Island, probably legalized. I don't know, but they're very progressive. And then Texas probably hasn't. But it seems like there's some sort of correlation between legalizing marijuana and being friendly towards Bitcoin. I wonder where that stems from. Cough, cough, Silk Road. All right, on to our next story. So the Bank of Israel has decided against a digital currency, supposedly. So they were going to issue like an e-shekel. And so this is saying they've decided not to. And they did a study on this. And the government, like the Knesset probably commissioned a study on whether cryptocurrencies and blockchain should be used. And perhaps the study said no, but like in these sort of stories, I didn't write this story on Bitcoin, it was someone else did, but like you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt because it goes back and forth. Like you'll get one guy saying in the government, yes, we're launching it. You get a study saying, no, we're not doing it. And you get another guy saying, yes, we are doing it. It just goes back and forth. And if Israel was smart and they are very intelligent, they would probably not tell anyone what they're doing with such an important thing as launching a new currency. So maybe they are doing it and they just issued the study to throw everyone else so no one tries to hack them. Just a thought. All right, now for our next story. So BTCC, which is an exchange that like reopened after it closed down, it was the longest running exchange in the world before it got it shut down and then reopened. So it was like down for like a year, I think, because they were in China, and when China banned Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, they had to flee the country. But then they reopened like abroad, pretty much. But they also have a mining pool, and they're shutting it down. And so the mining pool has been operation for the, in operation for the past four years. It's mined 18,000 blocks, 3.28% of the total blocks mined so far, which is not that prolific. There's like ant pool and stuff, which is probably mined like 20 or 30%. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But there's pools with like 20% of the hash rate, 30% of the hash rate. Maybe they did have that early on, but like recently, obviously, if they're shutting down the pool, then there's like no profitability to it at all. Because running a pool takes like pretty much, I mean, it takes some effort, but maybe like one employee. If you pay, like, one employee, you can just run the pool. No big deal. Pay their food and rent, they can run the pool. So, obviously, it's not even worth paying one employee to run a pool anymore. So, yeah, they're just shutting it down. That's going to be the end of the BTCC pool. Really not that big of a deal. There's, like, there's a lot of pools. So, yeah, losing one pool that's not active is really standard business. And But, yeah. All right, just wanted to clarify something. So, we talked about the blockchain.com airdrop. On the past show, on the November 6th show, now it's November 7th show. So Blockchain.com is airdropping $25 to Stellar Lumens, like 100XLM, about maybe a little less. To every person that signs up, up to $125 million of Stellar Lumens. Here's the big catch, though, and I don't think I got on the last show. You have to do an identification verification requirement in order to get this $25, and that includes your name, your date of birth, your address, a video of yourself. So it's, like, insane. So it's, like, basically it should be, like, yeah... Blockchain.com wants you to pay $25 to expose your identity completely. And I don't think it's much of an airdrop. That's not even just my opinion or speculation. It's like the whole crypto world's going crazy over this. They're all saying it's a scam. So, yeah. Now for our next story. The Swiss Financial Markets Authority has reported that cryptocurrency is very risky. And 
financial institutions, if they want to deal with it, they have to have 800% insurance on it. And uh, I don't think that's very logical. So they're saying it's so risky that it's like if someone has like one Bitcoin, they have to like eight Bitcoins of insurance on it. So they're trying to, like, they're wrong, first off. Like, Bitcoin's extremely secure if stored correctly, and it's not going to get lost. If the market price changes from volatility, that should be on the investor. Why do you need insurance for volatility? And beyond that, so yeah, if you institute insurance that costs 800%, I bet that would, insurance would cost the same amount as the asset, like, every year. And so you would just lose money. So I thought Switzerland was way more progressive than this. And they probably are. This is just one branch of the government. And as we know, there's many branches of the governments in different countries. And they're all kind of not in agreement with each other. And this is the way it is. That's decentralization for you. So yeah, even our centralized governments have, are like fighting with each other for power. And that creates decentralization because they can't get anything done. So, yeah. So we probably have one part of the Swiss government. I don't know which. But I'm just assuming Switzerland's not like that unfavorable towards crypto. But one of them is like saying, no, let's like ruin the system. And like have insurance that costs more than an actual asset. Alright, so now for our next story. So there's been controversy in the United States over whether Bitcoin and cryptocurrency should be used for political donations. And one politician who received $300,000 of Bitcoin says, yes, they should be used for political donations. And everyone else that has received like five Dogecoins or less says, no, they shouldn't be used. So, yeah, people that receive Bitcoin like receiving it. And people that don't receive Bitcoin are scorned by the Bitcoin users don't like Bitcoin. This is major breaking really fundamental, really elucidating news. And that's all we have for you today on this November 7, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com Daily Podcast. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode and go to BitcoinNews.com 24-7 for the full spectrum of Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency analysis. I know the news is slow this week, but I'm going to try to make it flavorful and exciting, so especially come to my podcast. Adios, amigos. This is Space Marine going back to space. I got my spaceship. I got my space wife. And we're going to be in space. All right, peace.